Welcome, welcome, welcome to another fun-filled, action-packed, exciting, exacerbated, cold episode of AB Sports Media, the podcast. My name's AJ. And I'm Bill. And uh, let's get right into it. Okay, we're going to go it's exacerbated. Like that was not the word I was thinking of. But uh, anyway. Sorry. Yes. Anyway, we're going to go right in today in sports history. We're going to go way back to 1913 Notre Dame upsets army 35 to 15 in the college's inaugural football game quarterback Gus Dorius had 14 of 17 passes for 243 yards two touchdowns and the receiver nut rock his name is nut rock k-n-u-t-e rock uses forward pass effectively Ooh, fancy and then the most recent day, uh, event in the sports history is in 1928. The Australian cricket batting prodigy Dan, sorry, Don Bradman scores 133 not out in North South Wales second innings versus Queensland in Brisbane, following his 131 in the Blues first inning. Do you know what any of that means? No, me neither. Good job for Don, though. Apparently, he's a prodigy. I don't know. Uh, Australian friends, tell me. Um, we're going to get right into uh, some sports that we're uh, always keeping an eye on. We're going to start with the Union, actually, because they are in the playoffs as well. Ooh. They already are in the first round. The wild, We did, didn't even have to worry about the wild card. We got put in the first round one. It's best of three. Um, and the first game has already happened, and they are playing against New England. We are the fourth seed. They're the fifth seed. Uh, the first game we won three to one. The second game is on eleven eight. So we have some time between that game and now. Okay. Um, the other team that we would potentially be playing against is Cincinnati, the first seed, which I think we beat. But I'm going to double check. I don't fully know. Uh, let me see in the stand. Not standings. Go away. Matches. Cincinnati. Nope, we tied against Cincinnati. So we would need oh, okay. to, you know, pull it out of our butt. Give a but, good old draw. Yep. Otherwise, um, just noting in the bracket too, um, if we were to play against anyone, it would be either DC, Atlanta, uh, Orlando, and Nashville. I actually have no idea what team this is, so I'm just double checking. Oh, that's Columbus. Never mind. I saw CLB and I was, I don't know what I read. So hopefully, so no matter what, we have a chance against either the number one seed or number eight seed, Red Bull, New York. We'll see what happens, but I'm always rooting for the uh, Philadelphia Union. Like I said, next game's on 11-8, which is this weekend. Uh, Moving on from there, we're getting, we're kicking into a goal and now we're going to kick it off the post it's going to reflect onto the ice we're going into hockey real quick uh flyers not bad they have they have been the biggest flyers starting off as a good team have not been on my bingo board at all starting off as a good team yes but record wise no they are currently four and four with one loss in overtime so four four and one I expect them um, to not have a win, so... <laughs> yeah, me neither. They're currently on a two-game losing streak, though. But uh, yeah. they came out strong. Like I, um, like we've said, they beat the uh, Blue Jackets the first game. Senators kicked their ass. We're not oh. doing terrible, though. For most of the games that I see, if we win, we're outscoring pretty well. Against the Oilers, we scored 4-1. Four, four to one. 
two to zero against the Canucks, six to two against the Wild. But if we're losing, at least it's close, minus the Anaheim Ducks game where we lost seven to four yeah. against the Golden Knights, three to two, the Stars, five to four, the Hurricanes, three to two. We're not playing bad. We're getting goals. It's going well from what I'm seeing. And it looks like our team is actually somewhat together. And I think as the season goes on, we may actually see, I'm not saying like greatness, but I'm going to say like maybe playoff contention. I'm not going to go beyond that. I'm not saying we're going to win the Stanley Cup this year. This is a rebuild year still. But if we can keep playing well, we have a shot at least to the playoffs. And I'm fine with that because playoff hockey is intense. So much fun. And I agree with that. I mean, I'm looking at the uh, goal differential. We're plus. We're the only one. Uh, so, New York Rangers are plus ten. They're first. Okay. Carolina Hunters are two. Um, are are well in the rankings too. They have a zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jersey Devils are three. They have a plus three, and everyone else besides us has negative. Okay, good to know. So we have plus two. So that's that's yeah. that's a good sign. Yeah, it is. And just to note, our one of our best players right now is Travis Konechny. Uh, he has currently eight goals and three assists. Uh, exactly next, what I wanted to hear. The next one below that is Cam Atkinson with five goals, three assists. And then uh, and then after that, kind of fluctuates. I don't know like how, I said, I think I think um, this year has to be Konecki's like breakout year. And so far, yeah. he's looked really good. I want to see more of this Igor Zamula, who got one goal earlier on in the season. But we'll see what happens with that. Carter Hart wise, uh, his average right now is 2.3. His save percent is point, I would say 92.1%, while Samuel Emerson Urson is only at 76%, but I, he only played one game and lost. Whereas yeah, Coots, Carter Coots Hart is currently close. four and three. But always got to love keeping an eye on our goalies, too. We love them to death. They're freaking incredible in what they do. Hey, Bill, so I, have, I have something to tell you. Gatourier <clears throat> yeah. was born in 92. He's 30 now. And I'm we're, just, we're close. We're getting there. Give me a, I got two more years. <laughs> I got a year and a half. I officially now have two more years. I officially have two more years. Yeah, God oh, help that, us. That hurts. That hurts. All right. Well, with that depressing thing, we're going to go hide in the bathroom at the Wells Fargo Stadium for a little bit. Wait until the the Sixers and Flyers uh, flags and banners change around. And now we're walking back out of the bathroom for the Sixers game and the Sixers itself. Sixers are doing well so far for their uh, season. They are currently two and one with a 66 percent win uh, streak. Currently, uh, their one home game that they had, they have won so far. So good on them for right now winning. Now, if you haven't been keeping up with it, though, we have traded James Harden. Mm -hmm. Um, The L.A. Clippers will be uh, trading. uh, Hang on, let me just read it, reset myself for that. The 76ers sent out James Harden, Mm -hmm. P.J. Tucker, and Philip Pestrev. Uh, to yeah. the Clippers for Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Nick Batum, and KJ Martin, and a 2028 unper up oh, sorry a 2028 uh, unprotected first round pick 
two second round picks and a 2029 pick swap an additional first round pick from the oklahoma city thunder i thought it was 2026 first that's crazy nope um the clippers are sending oh here's what you're talking about the clippers are sending a 2027 first round pick swap to oklahoma city clearing the way for the thunder to move a protected 2026 first round pick to the 76ers the Clippers yeah. are sending uh, the 2024 and 2029 second round pick to the Sixers in the deal too. So this is a four way trade. It's oh no, they had they had three. That's what I was, was. going to say three. So they it's the Clippers, picks. the Sixers, and the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, so it's going to be those three, and it's all the Thunder's all about picks. It's mm-hmm. not about players. So the Clippers and the Sixers are the only two that are swapping players, and we traded three for four of them. Little fun fact about that trade, which I find freaking hysterical. Uh, Furkan on on the Sixers, he requested to be a part of the Harden deal. This man has uh, requested a trade like three times already. Mm -hmm. Both the Sixers and the Clippers staff were against the idea, so he never got (laughs) he never got added. He never got love. What a shame. Uh, So yeah, we're gonna see. um, And with that being said, with this trade. The Sixers are going to waive the veteran guard, Danny Green, to create roster space for the trade. So Danny Green will now be off the team for the Sixers. He's gone, but we got our boy Covington back. We do have Covington, which I'm excited to see how that goes. The Sixers have not been playing bad from what we've seen so far. Maxie's been on point. Uh, There was another guy. I can't remember his name, sadly. He was the rookie. Um, Yeah. I'm blanking on his name, too. I'm pulling up stats. I I have I have his the face that he was making and everything Mm -hmm. in my head. Excuse me. It is. Is it Uh, Martin Jr.? Kelly Oubre Jr. Kelly Oubre. There it is. He's so good. He hasn't even been switched out of his thing yet. But so far, three games. He's uh, not a youngin. About bad. 13 points per game, uh, about four rebounds per game so far. He, he's he's getting there. No, I think he'll be a great addition um, to the Sixers lineup. I'm excited, though, for Maxi. He's already averaging so far to three games, 15.6 points per game. Um, he's just killing it. I'm very excited to see how Maxi plays. And Bede's not doing bad either. Can't say anything against him either. But. I think Maxie is going to probably be the new face of the Sixers eventually. Not doing bad. He's currently. I know he has bad. a lot of points. He's 27 he's, points. He's, so. he's 31 points, 3.7 turnovers, seven assists, 10. Yeah, I, I, I know he's, he's doing better. He's doing better. right now. I know. Trying to believe. Anyway. Honestly, uh, they, they brought me back in and it pisses me off. Yeah, I know. Me too. Cause they're doing <laughs> well. And I was like, I expected chaos and not, but, it is what it is. Moving on from there, we're getting back into the parking lot. Somebody, some hot ass girl calls you over in a very nice car that for some reason does not have windows or anything. It's just big four wheels and it looks like a Formula One car. You get in it anyway because you're feeling the thrill and you take off all the way down to Mexico to the Mexican Grand Prix that was on Saturday the 29th at four o'clock. Guess who won, AJ? Dobby, because there's only one correct answer, and there it's is. not Dobby or anyone else. Correct. So here's the real question, then. Who ta- who got second? Mm. Mm. 
That's a good question. I'm blanking on his name. He's, he's our boy. I'm looking it up. Well, it's, I know the answer now, boy, but yeah, it, it uh, wasn't going to be Hamilton. It wasn't going to be Hamilton. That's well, all I can right. tell you that. But did you see who's at seventh, though? Uh, son he's, of a bitch. Son of a bitch is son right. Son of a bitch. He came back for one <clears throat> race. Again, he's out Al, uh, for Tari's fill-in. Daniel Ricardo got seventh place with the Alphatari car that I don't think I'm not sure what the highest place is with Alphatari, but I think that may be it. Um oh both Verstappen and Hamilton were like clearly ahead. Oh yeah. They were <laughs> absolutely uh going wild. Um I'm just curious what the highest race was. Uh, highest in terms of what? For Alphatari's like uh like quickest uh, time? Yeah, results archive. Here we go. So we're in. I'm, in... That's I'm doing this quickly. Not I'm a only doing this quickly. American. That, uh, Bahrain, blah, 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 blah. Six points in Mexico. Who got f- uh, six What's points? What's DNF again? Are you kidding me? That actually is. Did not finish. Daniel Ricardo, who is your backup driver for AlphaTauri and I think Red Bull as well got six points in that race mm-hmm. i just double checked all of the other races fr- that has gone on so far this season he has scored the highest amount of points for alpha Tari. that's not good when your backup driver is killing it in one race compared to uh, everyone else jeez oh. yuki sonoda my god has only scored a total of, hmm, I think it was five points. I just saw that, right? Yuki Sonoda scored a total of, uh, what's it called? Eight points so far this year. And that's it. That's it. All of <clears throat> the highest one position that he's gotten was eighth, which is only four points plus the fastest lap, which gives you an additional point. And that was uh, last race at the United States Gra- uh, Grand Prix. That's terrible. That's, That's terrible. terrible. <clears throat> Alpha Tari, what the hell is going on with you? Well, they're going with Ricardo now, so I, I hope they keep him doing better. Hopefully, hopefully he can keep the mental up because if he gets in his head again, then he's going to start falling apart. Uh, meanwhile, though, just a note. Um, Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri, double points for McLaren again. They're really making uh, the shakeup for the the teams go well because it's getting closer between um, Aston. Oh, my God, it's close. McLaren versus Aston Martin is close. This is the battle for fourth team-wise. Aston Martin has 236. McLaren has 256. Those double points, though, that... Um, Oscar and Lando keep getting are huge. They're like, they're going to keep them in fourth place. Them getting third is near impossible, but the battle for second is, is close too. Mercedes has 379. Ferrari has 349. So they are in another battle themselves, which it's been back and forth watching Hamilton, Leclerc, um, and George Russell and Carlos Sainz um, going back and forth with like uh, top six. 
Um, lastly, too, on this, um, as is tradition, Fernando Alonso is carrying um, Aston Martin again. Lance Stroll did not finish again. I'm not a fan of Lance Stroll again. Yeah. Nepotism. Anyway, <laughs> so we're going to park the car back at the Wells Fargo Stadium. Only reason we're going back to park there is because we cannot drive the car to Abu Dhabi because we were going to recap our UFC from two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I apologize. We're going to – it was two weeks ago because that was on the 21st. Oh, was wow. It? Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm going to keep going with it. I, I meant to do boxing next, but I'll do boxing at the end. Okay. That's fine. All right. So do you want to share your uh, screen? Uh, I trust you to, I'll see if this works. This should be a simple, it doesn't uh, work for me. Really? Yeah. You can't, you can't hit, uh, I hit share your screen. It it should just say screens. Just do that. I am. I literally am. All right. I give up. I know what I'll just, do. Just edit and post. That's exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> okay. Just to run through this from beginning to end. UFC, this was UFC 294. Islam Machev versus Alexander Volkanovsky 2. This card was held in the United Arab Emirates um, at the Ithiad Arena on Yas Island. This was at 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, which was great for me because I had so much to do that day. And that <laughs> made my day go so much better. This card, to put it nicely, was an absolute clusterfuck, though. There was a lot of controversy. There was a lot of issues um, regarding some of the fighters and fouls and the doctors. And overall, not, not handled well. So just to go from low to high, we're going to start straight up with one of the first controversial fights. Muhammad Naimov versus Nathaniel Wood. This was a very controversial fight because Muhammad Naimov, who I actually was repping hard as a possibility of winning, did win via decision, but I did not like how he won. It was very dirty. Nathaniel Wood had two uh, shots to the groin that were called to him, um, but no points were deducted by Muhammad Naimov. After the second, first one, he should have gotten a, a severe warning and then a point taken away from him. After that, it, as you watch the fight, you could see more illegal groin, groin strikes happening along with some grabbing of the gloves. And it was just a very dirty fight. I did not like that win for Muhammad. I hope that he can learn from that fight and not do that again. Um, I don't think... It's going to look good for him. They may now feed him to somebody super dangerous just because of how he was in that last fight. Um, I will say, though, in the beginning, before all the controversy, he did look good. Um, He actually rocked Nathaniel Wood in the first round, and I think he got a knockdown. My memory's a little hazy at this point. But it was, at first, looking good. But those illegal strikes were a problem. And you will see more of that as we talk. Um, 
Moving on to the next uh, prelim fight that I wanted to bring up that I talked about last time, Ashnell Jubilee versus Mike Breeden. Uh, this was the one fight uh, where the Indian UFC fighter came out, and we thought we, he was going to get um, thrown uh, a toss-up fight against Mike Breeden because he was on a three-fight losing streak um, before this. He also came in overweight for this fight as well. So Ashnell got some extra money from him. What happened was the first round, Ashnell went off, was popping Mike with a shit ton of shots, doing damage, looking good. The thing is, Mike never stopped pressuring, never stopped moving forward, and more importantly, psychologically scared the ever-living shit out of Ashnell because during the second round, even though he was getting hit, Mike started to hit back and started hitting harder, and it really freaked him out. By the third round, he was very gun-shy. Mike took the offensive, and at three minutes of the uh, third round, won via knockout. Fun fact, after that fight, Mike Breeden was then cut from the UFC. Really? Yep, because he was overweight, even though he won three, uh, uh, lost three in a row— they're not keeping him for now. So hopefully he can go to like PFL or Bellator, uh, CFFC, hopefully not that, but yeah, stuff like that where he could go again. Um, this was the last, uh, it's going to be one of the last ones I'm going to talk about. Oh, nope. never mind. I have a couple more on the prelims. This was controversial because of the doctor. Javit Basharat versus Victor Henry. Everything was going well until an unfortunate nut shot from Javit. Basharat hit Victor Henry once. It is what it is. The second one, there was a second nut shot that happened. Now, I will say, watching it live, even with the replay, it was very difficult for us to see what happened. However, when Victor went down, he went down hard, screaming crying like in severe pain the doctor comes in and says to him you didn't get hit in the nuts at all and this guy was wailing like severe pain and took the whole five minutes they they called the fight a no uh no contest he had to go to the hospital he got uh because his nether regions were swelling and an MRI was done, and I think after I double checked on, I have to double check the update, but I believe he's doing better now. But Javit, kind of an asshole, because he was um, was saying that oh he should he was fine. No, clearly not, because he was in the hospital. So, so not a good look for Javit. Hopefully Victor can turn um, is all right and will be back and healthy and back in the ring soon. So we don't know what that was about. Um, I think what happened was, and the way they explained it, when he got kicked, it didn't hit the sack or, you know, the other area. It went under with the cup. So the cup went up. Oh, probably got internal shit. Exactly. So hopefully he's doing better now. Um, actually, I'm going to see if he put anything else on there besides the I'm okay at this point. Um. Doctor said no permanent damage to his area. Uh, he's going to walk funny for a couple days. Swelling is down. Um, 
and he is saying he's agreeing to the no contest. So that was on the 23rd. So he's doing better. So I'm happy for him to hear, uh, happy to hear that. So we're good there. All right, moving on. Oh, Muhammad Yaha versus Trevor Peak. This is the guy that I said throws club shots. He actually got his shit together and threw better striking for the most part. Still saw some club shots and won via decision after five minutes. Very proud of Trevor. Um, we're going to go right into the main card now because um, some of these I'm going to just fly right through. Saeed Nurmagomedov versus Mu- uh, Muin Garfarov. I said earlier uh, that last podcast this may be a toss um a throwaway to Saeed and I was right Moon uh Gufferov basically went for a takedown got caught got submitted within the first minute and 13 seconds fights over got performance of the night because he pretty much hauled ass on it um so yeah good for him moving on to the next uh fight of the main card Ikram Askarov versus Wally Alves honestly not much to say. Wallery came in on short notice um, and lost via knockout at the uh, first round, two minutes and seven seconds. So Ikram, I know they're trying to press forward into the ranked uh, contenders. So we're going to see where he goes next. And he may be fighting a top 10. Now, back to the last controversial moment of the card. Magomed Ankalaev versus Johnny Walker. This was a very important fight. This was to determine who will have a shot at the belt after um, Alex and Jiri fight, if they or he were to fight Jamal Hill or they were to fight Jamal Hill, or it would be after that moment entirely. Um, so what happened was during the first round on the cage, uh, Johnny Walker was basically on his knees. And Magomed had him on the cage and had more of a top control. Magomed then throws a knee on a grounded opponent to the head. So that is illegal, first and foremost. And you could clearly see Johnny was kind of out of it, but not like a hundred, like not really. Like he was ready to keep going. The doctor comes in right away, asks where he at, where he's at. Um, and says, and Johnny gives an answer, turns to the ref, they call the fight. Johnny thinks it's good to go, and they, he starts walking back. The fight is already over. It has been canceled. Um, it has been done. And that is a no contest for this fight as well, which means two no contests in one card uh, with the doctor as well. So a lot of controversy on this fight because of the knee. The knee was an illegal knee to the opponent, to the head. That technically could be a disqualification instead, instead of a no contest. Why they ruled it a no contest, I'm not 100. They're saying it was accidental. Mm. I don't think it was. But I don't make the rules. I don't make the money. So it's not on me. Um, the doctor did not give Johnny the full five minutes that you normally get when these moments happen either. He just straight up canceled the fight. Lastly, and you have to think about this too, Johnny is from Brazil. His second language is English. Um, the guy, the doctor is also from the UAE. English is probably his second language too, maybe third, who knows? 
So, you know, trying to communicate to somebody, say, where are you right now? And he says, I'm in the desert. That's pretty close. I know it's not perfect. It's not accurate. But at the same time, he knows where he is. Let the fight continue. Now we're back in limbo with the light heavyweight division on what the hell is going to happen. Luckily, it will be situated. I think they'll just have a rematch, honestly, somewhere down the line. Now, one last part of this, they were getting at each other, Magomed and Johnny Walker, like straight up like arguing. It got so bad, the president of the uh, the president, Dana White, got in there and actually got Johnny to be like, shut the fuck up. We'll deal with it. And that wow. just calmed everything down. So That's crazy. It was crazy. Uh, two more fights. The co-main, Kamaro Usman versus Kamzat Chimaev. Honest to God, fantastic fight. Um, it was uh, Kamzat won via decision. Kamaro only had 11 days to, for this car or for this, but showed the levels of championship to Kamzat because what happened was the first round Kamzat absolutely won. 10-8 round, obliterated him. Um, took him to the ground. Kam, uh, Kamara really couldn't get up. Had absolute ground control. So very impressive by Kamzat. However, during the first round, Kamzat tore something in his hand, which gave Kamaro a chance to strike more against him because Kamzat couldn't you know, t- uh, take down. And it actually looked really good. Um, and he, it showed there is weakness to Kamzat when it comes to like some weakness. I know he's injured, but he wasn't really being able to faint. He wasn't able to block as well. And Kamaro was able to at least put up a good fight. So very happy to see that. Um, but as we said, it, it um, it ended with decision for Kamzat. Kamzat now has apparently a middleweight title shot, which that was the original plan. That is not the case anymore, from what I'm understanding. Kamzat Chemaev is currently ranked ninth in the middleweight division now. So he will not be getting a title fight anytime soon. He will probably be fighting, though, um, somebody in the top five, like Marvin, Jarrett, or Whitaker, maybe Driscus, and then fighting from there. Uh, for the belt. So he probably needs one more fight and then he'll go for the title shot. Um, last but not least, the main event is long Machev versus Alexander Volkanovsky. I'm a little disappointed in this fight, not in the sense of like, it wasn't good. It was fine. It was a very short fight. One in the, in three minutes and six seconds in the first round, Islam put out a beautiful head kick that clipped Alex Got him stunned, knocked him out, and it's over. Sadly, this probably will be one of the last times we see Alex move up to lightweight anytime soon. I know it was only 11 days, so they could do it again down the line, but you're already 0-2. Who knows? Alex took it on the sh- on the chin. Him and Islam have much respect for each other, um, for who they are and how like elite they both are. I wish Alex had a full camp, but unfortunately that was not the case. Uh, performance in a night went to Islam along with Ikram and Saeed uh, and one other fighter named Muhammad uh, Mokev, which I did not bring up. That is the end of UFC, but we're not done with combat sports yet. We had a boxing match this weekend 
Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou, and oh my god. It was closer than we thought. Um, well, it so was uh, a little, little, this, little fun at the end. Very, not even at the end. It was very, very close. Um, this was a 10 minute, or it's not 10 minutes, sorry, 10 round boxing match. Professional. This was the debut for Francis Ngannou. And he shocked the world because he, in the third round, got a knockdown on Tyson Fury. And that overall was shocking for a lot of people. It was a nice overhand left. And then from that moment on, from round three to round 10, the whole fight changed. Because the first two rounds, yeah, Tyson uh, was kind of piecing up Ngano. But the third round really showed that um, Ngano has the skill. It went all 10 rounds, and it was, um, and Tyson Fury won on a controversial split decision. The reason why we say controversial is it looked like Ngano really had him, but I am not a boxing judge. I am impartial because if whoever won, won, I understand. But there's also in the background significant money that's also being handled with um, Tyson Fury because he has another title fight coming up soon in February against Usk, which his face was priceless. When he saw the knockdown happen, his eyes went wide. But Ninganu has gained respect from a lot of people in the boxing community, a lot of people in the MMA community. Basically, everyone was always saying boxers are better than MMA fighters, obviously, in their own sport. This has really thrown that into uh, limbo because if you're good enough, yeah, you could do it. It's not He's not perfect yet, Ninganu. He still struggles a little bit, but... It looked really good for him. So hopefully his next fight in boxing, whenever that happens, will be against another top contender. Um, I know he's older. He's like 37. So he only has a limited time doing it. But I guarantee that man made more money there than in the UFC. Oh, 100%. But absolutely. 100%. But that is all I have for combat sports and mixed martial arts. And I said that. And Formula One and hockey and basketball and soccer. Yeah, go. <sighs> fun times. Yeah, fun, fun, fun times. times. Um, trying to decide what I want to start with. Do I want to start shit talking? Do I want to actually get? You know what? We'll start with this. It's 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 Dallas week. Ah, it is Dallas week. I love and hate Dallas week. Mostly love it. I, I hate love it, it when we lose. Well, yeah, and but the thing is that like we've been back pretty much whoever has home field advantage has been winning. Yeah. Um. So we kind of need to keep that going. But yes, it is Dallas week. Both teams looking very strong. They um, are. It's going to be a fun one. Um. I actually have a quote here from Nick Sirianni because they were talk. They asked him like, um, how do you? kind of get ready for like a game like this with like the importance the rivalry and everything he says we have to treat every day the same you can't uh go more up for one game than you would the next 
I think if I said to the fans and to you as the media, it's Cowboys week, we're going to ramp it up. Well, what we're doing, uh, what were we doing the last couple of weeks? You'd be like, well, that's why you lost to the Jets. Um, so it's pretty much him just kind of talking about like, yeah, there's going to be more energy. There's going to be more animosity fan wise, but for Eagles, like the players and the, the coaches and the staff, they have to keep doing what they've been doing the whole time, making sure they're, they're kind of, uh, their rents due. So they got to start paying it up and yeah. stuff like that. So I thought that was a, a, a good thing to see on Dallas week. Cause a lot of, um, a lot of the Cowboys, teams um Dak Prescott was like you guys um because Mike McCarthy said that he's excited to play in in Philly like it's it's always fun there and I think um they asked Dak Prescott they were like so what do you think you think he's poking the bear and stuff like that and Dak Prescott was like um pour me and honey then like I'm fine with poking the bear like and I was it was just like the most terrible way to answer yeah. that question in the world but he answered it that way and I thought it was Friggin' hysterical, but it is. Um, yeah, both teams coming off really strong wins. Um, the Cowboys absolutely dominated, absolutely fucking dominated. Um, let me pull up their scores because the Chargers, we... yeah. Uh, uh-uh, wasn't the Chargers? No, no, the Chargers faced the Bears. That was the Sunday night. Game. Oh, Rams, Rams. Yeah, they you absolutely know what? tore they... apart the Rams. Same. I was thinking of the uh, logos, and I got them mixed up. Because of the yeah. yellow and blue. I can see how you do that. Um, 43 to 20. Yeah, but Dak Prescott went uh, 304 yards, four touchdowns, did throw a pick. Um, and CeeDee Lamb, that was his, his pop-off game. He went uh, 12 receptions, 158 yards, two touchdowns. Really showing his own A.J. Brown kind of stuff right there. Um, he's looking kind of crisp. And they finally started getting Brandon Cooks into it. So the reason I'm saying a lot of these wide receivers is that our our – defense has been very susceptible um especially to the uh passing attack uh rushing we've actually been very good with but with passing i we we've had a lot of injuries and stuff like that so i, I can kind of understand it but the issue is that i'm pretty sure they're ranked 25th or 26th right now in like uh passing defense which is not good not good at all although i will say in the year we won the super bowl 2017 our passing defense was 27th Keep that in mind. The only difference was turnovers. Um, th- this defense, even though they, they bend, they don't break. Um, turnovers have been a thing that's kind of been like not to the level of like last year, or the 2017 yeah. year. So it's going to be a really close game. Um, we'll see how Jalen Hurts' knee holds up. Yeah, um, that's even important. On, even on a bum knee, 319, uh, 319 yards. Four TDs looked really good, even running around in the pocket and stuff like mm-hmm. that. AJ Brown's dominating, so I'm excited for that. There was a thing though that um, the Eagles kind of did during Washington that they have consistently done, and it annoys the ever living hell out of me. Is they consistently give Kenny Gainwell like high pressure situation carries consistently. Like you're in the red zone, DeAndre Swift got you there, and you you bring out Gamewell. Um, he did really well in the postseason for us, but like now he is. I actually have stats here. Kenny Gamewell among 39 running backs this season is with at least 51 carries. PFF grade, he is 39th out of 39 running backs. Yards after contact per attempt, 39th. Pass block grade, which is the whole reason people think mm-hmm. that he's he's in there, 33rd. 
yards per route run, 31st. Uh, 39th out of 41 RBs in success rate and 42nd out of 45 RBs in rushing yards over expected per attempt. He is just not getting it done. He's not at all. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call him for it to be benched just yet because he he is good at being a spellback. But when you're in the red zone, he should not be your guy. If you are going to take DeAndre Swift out, use Boston Scott. He's been pretty good. Or actually, you know, bring in Rashad Penny, who's the big bruising back that, like, everyone's been calling for. Um, Oh, yeah, it's one uh, game played so far. Yeah, and that's because Scott was hurt and the Gamewell was hurt. No, Gamewell was hurt. Um, DeAndre Swift was in. Boston Scott got hurt, Mm -hmm. so they had to use Penny, which is crazy to me because Penny and Swift are – their yards per carries are almost exactly the same career-wise. They both are just glass cannons. Um, but I this I think this game is going to be extremely close, a lot closer than a lot of Eagles fans are going to be happy with. It always um, is. Th- these games are incredibly yeah. close, down to the wire. We hate it for that reason alone, but we love it when we. I love it. I I I mean, yeah, blowouts awesome, but yeah. ooh, that's loud. I would um, like at least you know a ten point lead at all times. At least, yeah. I don't want it too close. But... I don't want to fucking touch down because that will happen. Because there's always a moment when it comes to Dallas and Eagles where the Eagles will let something go and then God help us all. Like last yeah. year, fourth and whatever, they got the ball back. or Fourth and some deep shit, they had to throw it, they got it. I was like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. It was it's some annoying. absolute bullshit. But yeah. um, the over-under for that game is 45 and a half. Um, and the Phillies are minus three, um, minus three. Wow. Not even a half. Interesting. Um, okay. I think it's really going to come down to, uh, do we get pressure on deck? I think Tony, we can. Tony Pollard has been really playing too well. And mm-hmm. that's kind of a big thing for us. Um, good note is that Cam Jurgis, uh, he was limited and Jalen Carter was a f- uh, full participant. Um, Jalen Carter has been, outstanding this season so we kind of want him to continue doing that yep um and before we get into any more like other uh, tackle so far yeah yeah he's been he's been i think in three again, and a half sacks too i think even just defensive tackles like he's pff number one or something like that i could be wrong i could be i know it's either that it's either just the tackles in general or it's throughout all rookies it, it, one of those two uh, what was I going to say? Real quick, to Reed Blankenship still leads the number of solo tackles for the Eagles at 34. He's been playing outstanding. And yes. we got uh, Kevin, uh, I think it's uh, Barriard? Yeah. Byred. Yeah, but, he's uh, only played one so far, but four tackles already. One game, yeah. four tackles. And, That's and he's already he's already bringing leadership. Like He's already mm-hmm. pissed off for like how they played, and he's already like, – I'm, I'm excited. He's a hometown uh, kid, too. Okay. Um, before we get into more football, um, kind of like scores and everything like that the trade le- deadline did pass. It was, um, it was yesterday, 31st. Um, and this is what's happened. I was a little upset with it cause there wasn't a lot of huge changes. Um, mm-hmm. but it was enough. So we had Washington was, was, were sellers. So they had, they traded Montez sweat. Who's a DN to the bears and chase young. Who's a DN to the 49ers. Um, Sweat went for a second. Chase uh, Young went for a third. Uh, and a lot of Washington players, even people outside of Washington, 
thought they were going to be like kind of foundational guys, people that you build a defense around. Um, so it's interesting they only got a second and third for those guys. Uh, Josh Dobbs got traded from the Cardinals to the Vikings. Um, the Lions traded Donovan Peoples-Jones, or they traded for Donovan Peoples-Jones from Cleveland. Um, Jaguars got a huge, uh, a crazy trade. Um, it was an O-line, Ezra Cleveland, who's been one of the best ones from the Vikings. Um, so that was kind of a surprising trade. Another surprising trade was the Bills traded for Razul Douglas. Um, mm-hmm. He's He's been um, right there up, up there with Jair Alexander in, in CVs. He's been one of the, the best defensive players they've had. And they traded him to the Bills, so it was kind of crazy. Um, and the Seahawks traded uh, for Leonard Williams to the Giants. So that was all the stuff that happened um, over the trade deadline. Again, it wasn't too crazy. Not a lot of extremely high-profile names. Normally, you might have uh, a few here and there that are like crazy ones. Um, like you, there, like a few years ago, it was DeAndre Hopkins. Um, we did expect Mike Evans or um, uh, Devontae Adams to get traded. And that never happened. That that kind of was dead in the water. Um, a lot of trades that were rumored to happen and then just kind of died out last second. So it's a little upsetting to hear that. I want some shakeup in the in the league, but that's what's been happening. Um, and he, he, this is kind of crazy. Through uh, through week eight, Devon A. Chain is 51st in rushing attempts, despite playing four games. He's only played four games, and then he went on IR. He ranks 10th in rushing yards. Fifth in touchdowns and his RB nine on the season. Damn for fantasy. That's crazy. He's a rookie too. That is intense. So once he gets back, Miami is going to be popping off. Um, another rumor too is that um, Minnesota Vikings Justin Jefferson wants Kirk Cousins back. Um, I know I have a few Vikings friends that uh, just do not want to deal. With yeah, they're, they're like, I disagree. Yeah, they're like, we're we're done with them. So sorry, buddy. Looks like your star wide receiver wants him. And honestly, he's been. He, 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 I think Kirk Cousins, he's not the long term, but at least for now, he you can win something with him, in my yeah. opinion. Um, moving on to to kind of what happened this week, there wasn't too many crazy things that happened. Um, outside outside injuries, um, because I know Kirk Cousins got hurt with the Achilles, that's why they traded for Josh Dobbs. Um, but looking at the games, really the only thing that was kind of funny was uh, what you might call it, the Jets and the Giants. They were, I think, five putts away from punts away from breaking a record, like with, with most punts. And then uh, the Jets somehow coming back with 24 seconds left. The Giants had 24 seconds to hold them, and the Jets were on the 25 yard line, and they kicked a field goal and ended up kicking another in OT to winning it. So it was. <laughs> The Giants are – I don't know how you go from a playoff team to just this absolute abomination, dude. It's pretty rough. Um, Oh, another big thing. I completely lied, actually, to everyone. There was two big games that happened that kind of blew everyone's minds. We'll start with the first ones. Cincinnati Bengals beat the 49ers. I know this is kind of old news now because it was Sunday, but I do want to bring it up. Joe Burrow played lights out. He went 283 for three touchdowns. Uh, Brock Purdy had probably his worst career game in in his his whole career. Um, he even though he went for 365 yards and a touchdown, he threw for two picks and a fumble as well. Uh, Cincinnati beat the San Francisco 31 to 17. 
Um, and again, McCaffrey just pops off. That man's so good. But I think the biggest, the craziest thing is the Chiefs losing to Denver. They lost 24 to 9. Uh, Mahomes looked absolutely terrible. This is the first time in, I believe, four years, four or five years, that Mahomes has not had a, a passing touchdown, which is absurd. It came into the game with flu-like symptoms, but in in I've been saying this kind of the past few weeks. Um, Mahomes just doesn't. This is not his his year. He just hasn't had it. He's looked bad. Um, if you get rid of if if you give the Jets the calls that they like penalties, like the get take the penalties away from them. Um, Jets win that game against Kansas City. Um, there was another game that I'm blanking on that I know that it was just kind of like blatant the rest were throwing flags again so if you if you take away that realistically i see the chiefs being four and four uh yeah because of five three four four i would i could see that eh, i would say five and three more realistically but four and four is definitely a, a possibility as well um it's just crazy to think that the broncos who were touted as probably one of the worst teams in the league came mm-hmm. out swinging and actually that beat the chiefs. was wild mm-hmm. the chiefs are not looking good this year they really are not. They're not. They don't have the wide receiver. Anyway, Rasheed Rice, who's a rookie, looks like the only wide receiver that can get something done for them. Um, so I think their two bright spots are, at, at like, as always, Travis Kelsey and uh, Isaiah Pacheco, who's a running back, who's been running significantly well, like comparative from last year, who where he looked good. This year, he looks like the guy you can have for, like, years to come. Yeah. So... It was just, it's curious to see how the Chiefs respond next week. How the, uh, the 49ers are on a bye week, so we won't even get to see them respond. So they have a time to figure it out. Um, there were some rumors that Brock Purdy was concussed. Um, or he, yeah, he, he was still concussed because when he, 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 he threw a pass, I think it was during the pick. Um, he threw a pass and got slammed and hit the back of his head again. Mm. He kind of like held his head like this. Yeah. Um. So we'll 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 see what happens with that. Again, they have the, the bye week, so I think you know that they, they can definitely come back healthier and yeah, I, give them I, time to rest. I I don't doubt that the 49ers will come back a lot stronger. But there is there's there's a, a fun stat: Kyle Shanahan, if he's going into the fourth quarter and he's down by uh, three or more, he is. Take a guess what his record is. Three and out. No. Uh, no? What no. is he? They, he is one and 31. Oh, yeah, no, he says. One and 31, which wow. is crazy. That is insane. Um, yeah, so if you, if you ever can live bet them on in fourth quarter, you probably should. They're opponents if they're down three. Um, but going into next week, we have some uh, kind of shitters, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, Thursday, though, we'll have a pretty fun one. We'll have Tennessee versus Pittsburgh. Uh, Will Levis, the rookie, came in um, and absolutely popped off. Like his first game, he threw four touchdowns. Um, all like, all, like three of them were just 40-yard flicks, and it really showed off um, his arm strength. So excited to see what he does against uh, the Steelers' defense that is um, extremely good. Kenny Pickett. It, it's looking like he's actually going to start playing too. He was he was hurt last week with a rib injury, couldn't come back into the game. Um, but he just he hasn't really looked good either. Like they haven't really gotten into any rhythm. 
Um, Najee Harris, uh, he's just he has been getting it done. This man is averaging 3.73 yards per carry, the worst his whole career. Um, even the other running back, Jalen Warren, he's averaging 3.89 yards per carry, the one that people want to use more. It's just nothing's really going right. And they have some really good like offensive weapons. They have Pickens, um, who is in his second year. They have Deontay Johnson, who's an absolute stud. Um, it's, it's kind of interesting to see. And a lot of Pittsburgh fans, um, want Matt Canada, who is their offensive coordinator to be gone, um, because their, their offense is just terrible ever since he's been getting there. So curious to see, um, if they can kind of come out and get creative, uh, today, cause it is going to be, or not today, Thursday, um, cause they are going to be at home. They are going to have the fans with them. So it'll be curious to watch. Um, and Hopkins had a resurgent game, so we'll see if he can continue that, but. Um, uh, what do you think, Bill? You think Tennessee comes in and beats Pittsburgh? You think Pittsburgh gives them the Iron Curtain? Um, that's a tough one, honestly. Um, I think Tennessee gives them a run for their money. I think they could take it by three. I think it's gonna okay. be close. I think it's gonna be close. I think it's gonna be like a field goal game. Like, they'll both play fine, they'll both score, but I think mm-hmm. it's going to come down to a field goal. Well, you're not the only one, because the over-under is 36.5, which is abnormally low. Oh, I was thinking the fucking, uh, the spread, and I'm like, how the hell do you... Nah, Six. the spread's minus 2.5. This ain't a college uh, game. This I ain't was going to say, game. yeah, okay, that's much better. Uh, yeah, I don't, I actually... I say they're the saving grace for the Steelers right now is their defense. So coming into that stadium as a rookie and getting his second career game, it'll be kind of rough for him to continue that pace. Um, so I think they hold him, but yeah, it'll definitely be close. I don't think it'll be – if it is close, it's a field goal game. If it's not close, Tennessee takes it because Will Levis will just be throwing everywhere. Um, do want to get into two more games. Um, we have the 9.30 a.m. game in Germany. I believe it's in – yeah, Frankfurt. Um, it's Miami versus Kansas City. So both teams not normally going overseas to play a game, but are. Um, the way that Kansas City's been playing, I'm, I'm taking Miami. I am. Miami's just – their offense is too good right now. Uh, Jalen Ramsey came back and got a, a pick on his first game back. So – That'll be good, but looking at the other games, like you got some some bad QB play. Like Atlanta benched Desmond Ritter for um, the backup QB. Minnesota is getting Josh Dobbs, who might not even be ready to play this week. They might have to go with the rookie, who we'll see if he can do anything. Um, what else you got for us? You got uh, there was another team. Oh, you got New York versus Las Vegas, who. Um, we'll see if Danny Jones continue playing, but if not, they they're they're doing another backup. You got Las Vegas, who's finally given the rookie like something to do. So it's uh it'll be it'll be interting to see because the QB play is just not going to be there. Um, they have the night game, Los Angeles versus New York. So it's at MetLife. I would say the Chargers are looking really good, so they might actually you know go forward with that one um, mm-hmm. and win it. So. We'll see, but I mean, th- this week of games, unless something crazy happens, like they might, it might just be 
um, more about fantasy relevancy than anything. So, um, yeah, I agree with you there. But that's pretty much all I got for us. Um, Same. I, I always forget to do this at the beginning of it, but um, we'll do it now. And then we have the end cards. But please, 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 please follow us on at AV Sports Media on our Twitter handle or X, whichever we want to call it. And then reach out to us uh, at our email, BillAndAJMedia at gmail.com. Um, once again, my name's AJ. And I'm Bill. And get out of here. It was fun, but bye. 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 someone you know, please call 1-800-GAMBLER to seek free, confidential, 24-7 problem gambling assistance. You can also text SUPPORT to 533-42 to get more information about problem gambling behavior.